0: Hi, this is Erica. Thanks for joining me today for another season of Leadership on the Ground. In this season, we are covering the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when. Time is a precious resource, a non renewable resource. So, learning how to use it, leverage it, and turbocharge it in our life and in our career can be a game changer. Okay, let's get started.
1: You are listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 7 the timing of leadership. Throughout the previous six seasons of Leadership on the Ground, we've covered the essential basics of leadership in the 21st century, leading in real time, and the rhythm, tensions, realities, and the context of leadership. So for this new season, we cover the critical discussions around the timing of leadership, which is all about answering the question of when, Learning how to use, leverage, and turbocharge time will be a game changer for you and your organization. And now, here are your hosts, Erica Pietler and Todd Schnick. I'm your host, Toshnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Petler. Today is episode six, The Time of Your Life and Career. Good morning, Erica. It's good to be with you as always. So goodness, uh, this episode sounds quite sensitive and important. What's your thought on this? Any angles?
0: (laughs) Well, my first angle is I really love that Paul Anka song of The (laughs) Time of Your Life. And I always like cry when I hear it. But yeah, no, it is sensitive and it is important because time is that Non renewable resource. So, you really want to make sure you're doing all the right things in your life and in your career and taking a time out to kind of think about that. So, you know, I always want to advise people to be mindful and be early often and always thinking about managing the clock of your time. You know, you don't have an endless amount of time and you want to be ready as soon as you can for whatever it is that you want right? You know, the important thing is find out and figure out what you want. And then the time is now more often than not these days. You know, there is no waiting for tomorrow anymore. Like what used to be this very linear, logical progression has all been replaced by, you want to be an entrepreneur? You're ready now? You want to try to, you know, be the CEO of a company? You could be 30 and do it. It's like, you know, what you want, you can go for. So people should just go for it.
1: Well, that segues nicely into where I was going to go next, the uh, time in the context of, of our age in time, you know, I mean, let's talk about that a minute. I mean, I, I feel like there's still far too many people on a career path that they feel that they're or they think that their path is determined by their
0: age. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's so true. Right. And I love this topic because time and age are often linked together. The baby boomer generation, you know, punch your ticket in advance. And first you got to do this and then you got to do that. And, you know, by the time I'm this age or that age, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. That's all out the window now. And increasingly time and age have become decoupled. They're decoupled. I mean, people doing things at different ages earlier and later with no rules applying. And I just read this really fantastic article on career hot streaks, and it was research-based. And it basically said, there's no rhyme or reason. You could hit a hot streak in your career at any particular time. It could be early, it could be late. The only distinguishing factor is, are you trying? You know I mean? Like, it's not gonna happen by magic, but if you are trying and doing the work, you could hit a hot streak in at any point in your career. By the same token, another thing that decouples age and life stages, have you heard about reverse mentoring? yes right? Big, big thing in the business world today. It's the young folks that are being partnered and coupled with some of the older folks that may have years of experience in some technical areas, but may need a little bit more, let's say, comfort and learning about technology or about social media or about how to work effectively with millennials. So this concept of reverse mentoring, it doesn't just work one way with age anymore. It's decoupled and it works all around.
1: Well, I just interviewed a gentleman named Chip Conley, who just came out with a book about this very thing. Mm. And you know, the the gist of that uh, of that book was, you know, he's now fifty something, mm-hmm. and so he's like, and uh, I I'm not very technologically savvy, and so does that mean I'm no longer relevant to the workplace? And, and he proves the point in this book that no, because of his experience, because of the fact he's not a threat to the career path of, of the young people in an organization, he can be a a, a very wise mentor and. Then he becomes trusted because people feel comfortable talking to him about their situations, their concerns. Then he becomes, has this clear pulse of what's happening within the organization, becomes very, very important. So I get frustrated, Erica, by these rules that we have to follow for all the different generations. Mm-hmm. You've treat millennials a certain way. Gen X is a different way. And boomers a different way. And all that means you just need to know your team and know how to work with them
0: It does and and mo- even more interestingly you know from a research standpoint because some of this is our own beliefs and I think you and I are both contemporary leaders in the in the workplace today where yeah I'm not interested in rules I'm interested in guidelines you know but yeah. but I'm interested in what really matters and and what works for everybody and I've read a lot of research that suggests, there's more in common than not in common between these generations. Yes. And it just, you know, it's the hyperbole of us making more drama out of, you know, what we see than, than what's really happening. So we have to be kind of careful about that. I know a lot of people get all crazy with millennials and this and that. They're just looking, actually, I, what I love about millennials is they're really raising the bar on leadership because yeah. they want us to be in context. Yes. And they want us to create meaning and they are 100% right. And the fact that we've gotten away with it being sloppy in the past, shame on us. But if they're calling us to task, good for them because they're just asking for good leaders and that's what we should be giving them. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right, Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This season is made possible by Leadership Rigor, the leadership development framework founded and facilitated by Erica Piegler. Erica Pietler teaches breakthrough performance and productivity strategies for how to lead yourself, lead teams, and lead at the organizational level. Everything you think you know about leadership will be turned upside down. Leadership rigor can be experienced through reading the international best-selling book, engaging in one-on-one coaching, or creating a customized team or organizational leadership journey. To achieve breakthrough performance and productivity, visit ericapaintler.com to learn more. That's ericapaintler.com. All right, Todd, back with Erica here, the time of your life and career. So Erica, what about life stages? That's something we should be thinking about.
0: You know, life stages, sure, there are, are definite physical or let's say biological considerations that, you know, we still have to work with in terms of uh, our career, but less so now. You know, new starts are super common at all ages and lots of careers are happening in the course of your lifetime. You maybe, you know, have three careers where we used to only have one. So I think life stages are are important in terms of timing maybe some of your episodes and, and some of your initiatives, but I don't think that they're constraints. I think that we can fit all the different elements into different life stages. They just need to be appropriately uh, put into perspective.
1: Well, I've heard someone talk about stages in terms of there's the learning process, there's the execution process, and there's the retire process, and and then it's out and it ends. And that's unfortunate. I think it become, should become a cycle, right? Yeah, you may learn something and do something, but then you might learn something new and start over again. Sure.
0: And if you're talking about loop-de-loops, I love that, right? You know, (laughs) double loops, triple loops, I I agree with you.
1: But that's okay. I mean, I think there's still people that frown on that lifestyle, but I I think that's the modern world, in my opinion.
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, there there are people that I know, young people that they were a physical trainer, then they were a real estate agent, then they were, and they're just, you know, trying to figure it all out. But, uh, you know, what you what you really appreciate from a time and a life and a career standpoint is, you know, we only have a certain amount of time to acquire a variety of experiences and skills. And all of those different stimuli are giving that to you. Now, you have to make the most of what that is, right? So it could be, a waste of time if you don't harness it and put it together. Or it could have been an investment of your time if you say, I was learning about people skills. I was learning about time management. I was learning about external environmental considerations. And now I've been able to put that together. I mean, I look at my own career and the life stages and, you know, I joke around and say, you know, was it ever on the board that I was going to be an author and a, and a performance coach? No, that was not the plan. I went to school. I was a pharmacist. I kind of fell in love with communication. I fell in love with marketing. I fell in love with business. I thought I was going to be running a very large organization. And then what I realized was, even though as a kid, I wanted to be a doctor. If you look at what the career path is that I've taken, I help people be better, better leaders. So to me, that's like a form of being that kid doctor, like in a way that I could have never imagined. But it was a route that was so cool that I took. And sure, I'm not wearing a white coat and prescribing, but I'll tell you what, I'm carrying a white mug with me right now and I'm recommending things and it feels just as good.
1: Well, you just mentioned that in the context of investing time versus wasting time, but I think the space that you find in those transitions is spending time, as we talked about earlier, and that can give you some insights. Absolutely. And, and the time and the space and the freedom to think, all right, where do I go from here? It's okay to do that. I think I think far too many people Get into their first job, and the next thing they know, they're retired. They have never spent time doing something that they care about, or they're passionate about, or can time to process and think. Mm-hmm. So, I think you've got. To, I think you have to build in that that time, that space over the course of your career to just have some downtime. And think about things, yeah?
0: I agree, I agree. And I'm a little bit of an extreme woman. You probably know that a little Mm -hmm. bit about me. So Mm -hmm. the concept of that sabbatical, like I took a year off in between my corporate job and starting my own business. And literally for 365 days, I think 240 of them were learning adventures. I was in courses, doing different things, investing time and learning and spending time with myself, meditating and exercising. And it was like a complete reboot. And it was probably the best year of my life. Now, how do you do that? Not a lot of people will have the courage or the ability to just take a year off. And I just said, you know what? I've had a great career. I'll be able to reinvent myself. Do I know exactly what I wanna do? No, but I'm gonna give myself this gift of a year. And it put me on such a different course and it took my life exactly where it needed to go. So, you know, you think you're pausing there for a moment. I was rebooting and I was like recharging.
1: Yeah. I did a sabbatical earlier in my career. And at the time I was stressed about it, thinking, what are people thinking of me? And I was rushing through it. Now I look back and say it was a very important time because like you, it set me on a different path, one that was ultimately much more rewarding. But now I look back and say it's one of my smartest moves. When I was going through it, I felt stressed and thinking, what are are people doing and saying? But I guess my, my reason I bring that up is to say, don't feel that way if you decide to do a sabbatical. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. So, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about sequencing. I think people must mean sequencing in some other language. You talk a lot about it. So talk about sequencing your experiences in your career and how that's impacted you.
0: So I think it's really important to be mindful of getting a lot of different experiences as early as possible in your career, right? Like, so I'll tell any person coming out of college, going into college, you know, come out and get a lot of different looks at the world. Go broad, go early, go often into different places. Because if you go too narrow and you go too deep too quickly, it's harder for you to broaden your experiences later because you start to get comfortable. You know, it's kind of like what you know. You may get that first promotion. Now you're like, okay, maybe I'm gonna get that second promotion and then you're stuck, (laughs) you know? And people will say, oh, I can't leave, I have equity, I have this, I have that, you know, I have, ah, get some experiences early and often, stretch yourself. Even people who work for me, I get new young folks when I was in the the corporate world working for me, I wanted to move them around as quickly as possible and I wanted to stretch them and give them different assignments because longer term, if they're going to be a trusted advisor, if they're going to be an organizational leader what really matters is do they have diversified experiences? Have they been around the block and seen different things or are they something centric? You know, when you're something centric, it's really difficult to get out of your own biases because that tends to be the only lens that you look through. So sequencing and getting different experiences really early on is really key. And as leaders, we can't be afraid to push some folks to do that and really stretch them into different assignments.
1: In the the book, Leadership rigor," which we all know is the foundational work that all of our seven seasons are are based from, you talk about various tensions to resolve. In fact, we dedicated a whole season to the tensions of leadership. So I suspect that there is a tension to resolve here with respect to the time of your life and career, yeah
0: yeah, there's you know and and there is a great tension here because at this stage, let's say in your career if you are at the early to mid levels you have to make some really key decisions and one of the tensions that you have to resolve is are you going to be a practitioner or are you going to be a philosopher and a practitioner and when you're a practitioner that's when you go deep you know it's when you kind of go in function and you say i love accounting you know i really love accounting and i want to be the head of finance i want to be the head of accounting or i really love sales you know i want to be like the head of sales But if you really just fall in love with business and you want to lead people and what really excites you is being more broad in your endeavors, well, that's different. And being a philosopher and a practitioner means you're really more about building the enterprise, building the organization, trying to balance not only what the specific talents are within the organization, but how can the organization broadly succeed? So you have to resolve that tension and get yourself experiences that set you up to either be an organizational leader or to stay within a functional leader role. Until you resolve that tension, you don't know what experiences you should also be going after. So early, as early as you can, if you can get a handle on that and resolve that tension in your own life, it can really make a difference in the time that you invest in your career.
1: All right, all the time we have for today. Great stuff. Next week, we're going to talk about the Timing of Leadership tool set. Erica, before we go, should anyone have questions, how do they find you?
0: Okay, I can be reached at erica at com. You can also find me on Twitter and LinkedIn, and Leadership Rigor is on amazon.com.
1: All right, Todd and Erica signing off for today. We'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. See you then.